Good evening, brothers and sisters. I'm coming to you on this 18th day of September in the year of our Lord, 2011. Actually, every year is the year of our Lord when we're in Christ. Praise God. Awesome message today. Main message at the particular fellowship group that I am that I've been planted that for this season while at Amazon. The main message is talking about healing and how Jesus heals and if we are like him which we should be because we, be, we are actually being made into his image then we also have been anointed to heal and deliver demons and whatnot also but we're not doing it God is still having to bring us in America back to the basics to do our first first works over again because we've left our first love we now love America some of us love a uh, an earthly marriage which is not eternal brothers and sisters if you have believed a lie from the devil through false teachers into believing that your spouse whether the husband for your women for your ladies or wives for your men that you will still you will still be married in heaven no there is no biblical basis to that now you are to glorify God in that marriage you were brought together by God if that's the case may be and you are to be glorifying God in that relationship and in that marriage as an example of the way he loves the church and the way we are supposed to love the church our first love is not to our earthly marriage our first love is to Jesus second love is to our eternal family and then right behind it. We in America love the earthly more than we love the eternal. Because we don't see the eternal. Though if we open the scriptures and we're born again we should be seeing it. And we will be seeing it. But that ain't the gist of what the Lord put on it. So I got a little off stray there. Let us get it back on the... Let me get back on track. It was interesting that while sitting in that message... Today and here in the healing, and I still a little bit drawn to listening online to Central's message where God had planted me and actually caused me to be born again and actually died of myself and set me on fire for you lovely kids, kids in the faith, children of faith in the inner city, who I still love, never stop loving. Glad you haven't kicked me off your Facebooks. I'd like to hear from you now and then by texting. Send me a message and I'll give you the new uh, phone number. I don't like putting that stuff out on out on the wall for obvious reasons. And I prefer that you don't put it on your walls either. If you want to give somebody your number, send them a message. It's private. That message was a shepherding message for those of God's children. Not my children, God's children. They're only my children in the faith. They are God's children. You guys are God's children first and foremost. And you got to grow in your relationship with the Eternal Father. Regardless of 
the circumstances of your past. Your past is that it's gone. If you are truly born again, if you are truly believers, which you are truly born again, your past has been wiped away. It's put under the blood. It's gone. It's dead. Keep it there. The devil's going to try and bring it alive, but devil's a liar. Another sidetrack. Sorry about that one. Let me talk related. Let's see what God has to do. But in the midst of this healing message, again, God's teaching me more and more that our only preparation as ministers of the gospel is not to sit there and read 30,000, 40,000 books relating it. It's as we are walking with the Lord, He gives us a message. And He speaks through us exactly if we are hearing Him clearly. Exactly the way he wants to see it. It's not about having all kinds of fancy PowerPoints and notes and this and that. I mean, a lot of ministers can utilize those things and that's awesome. But they're not of God. They may like those tools or whatever. And God may allow it to a point as long as his message is getting. But the main message comes from God alone. That's the, there's no scripture in doing that. That's not what studying you know, Study to show yourself approved means that's not what if that makes a good showing in front of your congregation, but that's about it. But if they're not being all tied in, then you're in the flesh or the soul, bro. But again, in the missus healing message, out of the blue came I forgot what I forgot now where where he was, where this pastor was in his message. But out of the blue, out of nowhere, before the central message, I didn't listen to it till tonight. I was led to write, who we fellowship with the longest, the more we will become like them. Uh, and the examples that I wrote it down was, if we fellowship with the religious, the hypocrites, those that go to church, Four or five, six times a week, or at least maybe just two times a week, but then live according to the world. Don't love one another. Don't love their neighbor as themselves. Don't love the brothers of Christ. Just you know, get so busy with worldly life, worldly thinking, thinking that they're obeying God, that they don't give a brother or sister a call. They don't meet you know, for those that have possessions or financial resources that God has given. They they won't obey God and uh, go and provide somebody because they don't like them or they're not like them or they're not from a certain church group anymore or they're not uh, they're slaves or they're not um, that slaves by the way could be used as servants actually uh, King James calls them slaves out there but other versions when you look at the true meaning of that it's servants. Of God first. We are servants of God. Period. Boom. That's it. End of story. Um, but again the religious. And then the next one I wrote down was Jesus. Now you and I both agreed. And after I wrote it. And wrote in ink. I'm not going to. Can't erase ink. Jesus actually should have been the first one. We should be fellowshipping. But maybe he was allowing me to write it like this. Because that's the way we are in America. We fellowship more of the religious, and then maybe after church service, we we may all go out to dinner, not even talking about the message, not even say how it impacted me. Which that was another one. If you can't hear, if you if you can't, if you're so dull of hearing that you don't hear God 
clearly right through that message, but you know you're getting stung. We need to be careful here because it may not be God. It may be the enemy trying to condemn. Or it may be God trying. You, you. If you, if you're getting stung in the heart, cut to the heart. God's trying to get your attention and wants tracing you. You may not be liking it and want to hear it. God will send His message who He chooses to use. You may not like somebody because oh oh man they haven't been under this doctrine for years. Oh that person oh that person's from you know the northeast so they're not you know, they have no clue what is be selling. Oh that person's the wrong color. They have no clue what is be. Uh uh-uh. uh. If we're in Christ, we are equals. No partiality. Love that message. I'm still getting stung by it. If we fellowship with the worldly, we're going to be like them. We're going to talk about, oh man, the market sucks. Man, the market, who cares? The market go under today. If you're in Christ, guaranteed, you're going to eat. Guaranteed, God's going to open up some kind of a job door somewhere in this nation. If you're so set on staying in one location, becoming rooted in one location, which by the way, nowhere in scripture, does it say we are to be rooted in one state, in one place? We're not even, we're not to put down, you know, those tent stakes. Abraham, remember that the old patriarchs slept in tents. Whatever going, those tent stakes do not go very deep. They just go deep enough to let a breeze of a big hurricane comes through. Those stakes are gone. And they're probably not, you shouldn't be out there for hurricanes in the midst anyways, but that's another message possibly for another time. Related, but possibly not. Now this is a big one. The next one, the fourth one that I wrote down here. I'm going to lead into it a little bit here if you bear with me. The world teaches us if we want to be a success in the world, success in life, we want to hang with other successful people. God says the opposite way. Complete opposite not to say hang out with poor or poverty hang out with it may be the poor or it may not be but those that are rich in him or truly set on fire if we hang out with lukewarm believers we gonna become lukewarm we are not gonna be on fire because they're gonna squash our fire and put a shield over it and throw, kick us out of the fellowship more than we're going to influence them. We're not even going to influence at all anyways. Only Jesus influence. But the world says if you want to um, be financially successful, you want to watch and mimic how the world does it. And the world does it because they hate God first and foremost. They will do, they think for themselves Every business idea first is to get them rich. Then they want. Then they'll show younger people how to become rich, but never richer than themselves, unless they're near death. Then they may you. Know, then anyway, matter sure that their money. The rich young ruler go, uh, brought that one up, and I thought I wrote this down, but I must have wrote it somewhere else. I think it's. Luke chapter 12 is the rich young ruler, I believe. That was, I don't, know, I don't know if they call him young ruler, that one. The rich ruler that was so stupid in his actions, <clears throat> in his thoughts, because that was his heart. His heart was wrong with God. His heart wasn't even seeking God. Once when he said, Oh, I got so much stuff, I'm going to have to tear down the old and build up the new. Isn't that what we're seeing today? We're tearing down the old, and then we put up 
brand new bigger buildings, bigger barns, so to speak, for all the junk that we have. And then after so many years, the moment God decides to pull out the carpet out of the economy, those buildings are sitting empty. That shows a look around America. Look around Charlotte View in Charlotte. There is a large house right next to the Amazon warehouse that's, oh man, that looks like a gorgeous house. I mean, it's so run down, it looks like almost like the haunted houses that I used to watch when I used to watch the uh, horror pictures out there. Uh, when I used to watch the demonic pictures then. Don't watch them no more, obviously, because they are just that. They are the devil. They will not glorify God at all. Um, but that's sin. People buy all this stuff, waste the money on all these big friggin' things, just for them to sit empty. Because they were sinning against God. If God wants us to build something like that, He's going to use it, and He will equip us to maintain it. If we're constantly trying to repair something, thinking we're actually going to increase value just by doing something on the external, there is nothing like that in Scripture. If we are not making disciples and being this, a disciple, that's all we are to do in Jesus and be like Him. That's it. Period. Nothing on this earth will remain. It will all be burnt up. Period. All of it when God redoes the earth and He sends His judgment. Because the next time He comes, brothers and sisters, we know it as believers, He's going to judge the earth. He didn't come this time. He came to die for sinners. And all that believe in Him, we've been found now guilty. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. But this fourth one, basically, if we hang with the rich, we're going to be like them. Now, we can say, good, yes, I want to be rich. I want to be rich. Do you want to be rich? 99% of the rich people, and I will say, stand boldly to that percentage. Maybe 90%. Uh, roughly 90% of the rich are not right with God. They do it again. I'm going to say that again. About as high as 90%. Are not right with God. They do not openly. They are tight-fisted, especially in these down economy. The rich is going to do everything they can to keep that money, including withholding it from from purchasing something or making sure a need is not met. We have a hundreds of thousands of people that don't have a. Some kind of a fixed shelter. Now that could be, it could be a tent. Or it could be a motor home from where God has me now. I see that abundantly. All we want to do if we see homeless people, we call our city council person. Or if we're that high up in power, we'll call the mayor directly and says, you got to hide them. You know, you know I just call a homeless person sleeping. You know. Outside my house, if you got a lot of trees or something like that, I don't know, and that lowers the value of the neighborhood. That does not lower the value of the neighborhood. Maybe the guy wants you to possibly go out there and find the guy and pay for a motel. Or buy him or something, and then you help him with it because employers, first of all, are lying also against God. They won't look at somebody that doesn't have some kind of a fixed residence. But of course, now they don't. They want people that are just going to bow down to them out there. It's just like, we are still not to bow down to anybody but God. Heard. Okay, let me move on. I think I pretty much touched that one. The next one. If we're hanging on a lot out of false teachers, 
Now you may ask, next one, actually the next two are probably going to go together, I say. False teachers or sound preachers, all those are opposite. Sound preachers actually are very rare. Very few preachers in America. I mean, look at the number they have compromised. Um, the cross of Christ preaching. For preaching that will fill a building so that they can have bigger salaries and those on staff can have what they say respectable salaries. What is the type of salary, by the way? The one that you can afford a $200,000 home for the next 30 years? Who says Jesus is going to last 30 years? He may. He may. It may be 40 years. But what if he's coming uh, in 2012? We don't know. I'm not going by. I'm not going by that Fox movie out there called 2012. I like the movie because I like action movies like that and those kind of destruction movies. You know, one part of me likes that and one part of it. But the Fox aspect of it, I hate that. I despise it. I mean, I make sure if whoever's near me, if I see that movie when I watch that. Um, mom and I were watching a lot of TV because that's all there is to do in that town. When you when you don't have a consistent job because employers are disobeying God for whatever reason, God's allowing it to strengthen my faith. Probably should have put that one first instead of the negative. Forgive me for that one. Uh, basically, that's partiality. How? But if you're sitting under. False teacher. A false teacher may not be somebody say they must still say they believe in the name of Jesus, and like Paul says in Philippians, I believe, as long as they're preaching Jesus, then it's, we know there's power in that name. I mean, we just you know, Jesus will take care of the uh, the false aspect of it when he comes, and he'll deal with that when the rapture occurs, and he or she, that minister, is sitting down there. Women, we don't talk your names. Who are you? I didn't know you. But the false teacher are so subtle. They, you know, I mean, they're stumbled into it, and then, you know, instead of falling, they just continue stumbling deeper and deeper into it until a true man of God. Until you, know, they hear as God says, "Go to him, tell, give him these words." You go share the words, and maybe they repent, and then there you go. You run over, you want a brother in law back. Yeah, so, see, we're afraid to go up to these people and says, That ain't scripture. Where you get that, bro? I mean, God didn't send you to preach that message. We're too stupid. We figure, well, if they're, get, or if they're wealthy, after, you know, if they're getting rich off of it, or if they have a big congregation, we feel they're obeying God. Man, that we have never believed such a foolish lie of the devil. In our lives. And we are. We're gullible in America. We fall for that. We figure if somebody's got a, still got a job out there and still has a house over there, still has a mortgage, uh, or maybe not the mortgage out there who can buy four or five cars, or friends, you know, can't even, well, some friends can't even get a, keep a roof over the house consistently, or, Maintain what the Lord has given them. I mean, you know, that's hypocrisy. You know, that brother ain't saved. Not legitimately. Brother's not right with God. And right now, that brother's going to, you know, those people to do that, the rich to do that, they're going to, they're very close to hearing God saying, Who are you? I didn't know you. Be gone for me, you wicked servant. I mean, that's, 
I can fall into that very easily. I can, you know, I've turned my back on people out there that just, they get caught up in doing work in the ministry or you get caught up doing an, an earthly job out there trying to be a witness for God that you forget you walk over somebody or you, you, or you just say, well, I don't have time out there. Uh, I'll get with you a lot of time. I mean, that's, uh-uh. If God puts somebody in your path, you stop what you're doing out there. You gotta give it the time. <laughs> gotta make sure you have favor with your employer or gotta make sure, if, I mean, there should be Absolutely nothing. No, not nothing is more important. Even if you're pastoring a church, if you're late for your congregation out there to go in and preach a sermon, if God puts a homeless person or puts somebody in your path that needs to hear the gospel, I mean, do I mean, just look. Wait a minute. Is this the devil trying to cause me to stumble to be late, or is this somebody? I mean, either way, that person's a human being. That person was made by God, created by God, and not to be doing that. I mean, either or, God's got a message for that person. It may just be as simple as, get there behind me, Satan, you're in defense to me. Talking to that wrong spirit in him. And then talking to the man's spirit, or the woman's spirit, saying, God loves you. Just remember that. God's got a purpose for you. Call upon his name. You may just plant in a water seed. And then you go about, man, you're going to see your ministry blessed fruitfully. Uh, again, let me get back to partiality. Basically, looking at it and then hearing Pastor Livingston's message, these are all, I mean, anytime we look to hang with the religious and let the non-religious be on the outside that need to grow in the Word also, I mean, we're... Or even letting the born-again believers forget him. That's a sin of partiality. And God didn't speak. God spoke through James. In chapter 2. Let's go ahead and read it. And yes, I'm standing up in honor of God's word. So, I ask that perhaps if if you're able to, do that also. My brethren, do not hold your faith. This is the NASB, by the way. In our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if any man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there, there's that, you know, shown rich man partiality again. Clothes and say, you, you sit here in a good place and you say the poor man, you stand, I think I missed one. And there comes, also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothes and <clears throat> say, you sit here in a good place and you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil morals? Listen, my beloved brother, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? That's another way of seeing this day and age. That's the way the rich um, want to get uh, can, can get rich because this because they have let everybody go because they ain't got no revenue. So they figure the only way to keep their maintain their high salary so they can maintain their Overinflated uh, personal lifestyles, which if you're in, if, if you're in Christ, your lifestyle is Jesus, brother or sister, not in things. Period. Um, 
That's the only way we can get money nowadays in America is by suing one another. Which, if somebody's poor, all you're going to do is go put somebody in court. You know who's going to put somebody in prison? So, well, put in prison, do they pay? How do you pay if you're in prison? That is the most stupid, ignorant lie. I bet you're going to die in prison. Basically, because you can't earn money in prison. And then who pays for it? The taxpayers. <laughs> and basically, you still do. That's the most foolish thing ever. I mean, same thing. It's employees. That's the reason they let go of people. Because there's no revenue. There's no more additional revenue sources because they've, you know, people that shouldn't be owning businesses, you know, there are some people that just need to be workers for them. But of course, they usually probably quit because their employers were being overly demanding to them because they don't know how to manage people. And they weren't obeying God sitting on their masters too. I mean, I see businesses, but I'd much rather work for somebody. I'd much rather serve the people, work for people, and serve everybody. I mean... Friday night, my last night uh, at Amazon for the weekend. Uh, I mean, it was a perfect example. I mean, you had a, very few of the other workers would do that. Uh, I pretty much had to do two jobs. That's just because they were, they made themselves short-handed. Yes, they made themselves. I mean, don't don't fully understand how it happened out there, but found himself short-handed. I was doing one position, but I was caught up anyways, and that was a blessing for God. I was caught up anyways, and I'm not one. I didn't. God did not raise us to just stand around a lot, you know, for a very length of time. You know, just making money. I said, well, I, well, can I do this? Well, no, we don't want to do that. Okay, what? Okay, what? Let me just handle the water spot area and I do the cubist candles, the two particular areas in the dock. So I did both positions and so they could manage. They they like manage by just standing around and staring at computers and backing orders out there. So I said, okay, so, so you can manage. You know, humble myself before them and just did what needed to be done to help the co-workers continue doing their job. That was just an example of uh, serving God in men. Verse number 7 of chapter 2 again in James. Back to James. Do they not blaspheme the fair name uh, by which you have been called? If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love. That's the second greatest commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We haven't done that in America yet. I mean, we think we're just buying a little bit of food. I said, but what are we truly buying? Are we truly providing somebody's needs? Somebody may already have food and getting fat as it is. Me. They may have another need. It needs to be more consistent in order for them to step out and for them to follow God. And the rich won't won't step on you won't step out on that one. Nobody else says, Oh no, that's too much money, or that's hoarding. I says, I need that money in my bank card so when the economy goes down I got something to live on. Live on Christ. He'll provide it if he wants you to have it. If you're blessed, don't you think God can't replace that you know, twenty fold or tenfold, whatever he chooses to uh to bless? I've seen him do it. Both in my case and through me and to me. Somebody gave me this and they were given probably about ten times more. Just for a need, a particular need and desire that they wanted. Just because they sacrificially gave. So that I can meet a need. And part of it was so I can, you know, meet the tithe. I was that close. I wanted to obey God and when he says bring the full tithe uh, storehouses how many brothers and sisters do you actually know that sometimes they can't even meet that tithe 
There may be times out there when I can't always meet that tithe out there when I get paid out there. I said, uh, well, well, mortgage has got to be paid to somebody that couldn't meet a tithe. That brother assisted me so I could obey God so I did not become under his judgment and sin against God. Because if you're sin, you're, you're under his judgment. Okay, that was, I hate these sidetracks. Father God, help me to stay right on so I don't make this a long message. If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. That's it. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Looking at another uh, set of passages where it talks about, you know, where we are very strong here in America of showing partiality, very big within the body is 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. It talks, it's talking about the different spiritual gifts. And who controls it? We don't. We cannot control what gifts the Holy Spirit, who is God himself, wishes to give us. He gives us as he sees fit. We cannot tell him we're only looking for a man and God with this gift. I mean, I just went through with that. I went through a youth pastor's position that says must have the gift of administration. That makes no sense, basically, because if you want somebody ministering, being associate pastor slash youth pastor, you do not, you should not want that man of God ever just have, and now to have the gift of administration, obviously, you're not going to tell him not to use it, because it's like, that's disobeying God, it's not in the Holy Spirit. I mean, you better have a teaching or a, and or pastoring position, especially if it's a youth minister, but not just that, any minister, because you're still measuring to all anyways, you better have it a gifting. I mean, you know, those are overseers and deacons that should have operations and administration, but they want to, sounds like they wanted to give, put the work all on the pastors, which I ain't seen that in scripture yet. If somebody's seen it, help me out. Okay, let me go ahead and read the scripture that God purposed in my heart. Don't know where that came about. Well, the body is not one member, but we could probably go back to verse 12. Let's go back to 12. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. We definitely missed that one in America. For by one spirit we were baptized into one body whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the lesser part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now, this is probably where God wants us to listen. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as He desired. Thank you. That goes along with the uh, that. That ministry up in Maine that I felt impressed to send a resume for the youth pastor job wanted to do. They don't want they don't want the gift that God wants. That's good. You know that's going to come back at them in an ugly way. 
if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary in those members of the body which we deem less honorable. And I had that highlighted with God kind of impressed upon me occasionally to use different color highlighters. And this particular color was a disobedient color, which means that's us disobeying God, which we deem less honorable. And these we bestow more abundant honor, and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer. Don't say one. Don't say just that one member. They say, well, it's, you know, that one member that's suffering doesn't get put out like a leper for seven days or until he or she gets clean. All the members suffer. It's like there's a hole in that body waiting for that one member to come back in. I don't know about y'all, but I just heard, heard the Spirit just kind of prompt me there. I'm going to let y'all ponder what the Lord just said. If we're all one body and one spirit, one God. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Well, we don't see that. I mean, let's just stop here now and look at the sin of partiality again as it relates to in America today. I mean, first of all, let's look at the way the world does it. If they, if there is an employee who does not maintain what man calls, what management calls, meeting their speed goals, they figure, they find one or two people that can, that just have mastered the going very, very, very fast and no errors, which by the way, that person's false because there's no such thing. They're usually computer models that are doing that and yeah, you can make computers spit out perfect information because you programmed it that way, but in reality, it's confusing. It's dumb machines. They're pretty much like we're amp- they're pretty much like us in a sense, except we're not dumb machines. Well, basically, we are emptied out until God fills us up. Either God fills us up, or the devil fills us up. One or the other. The devil is the prince of this world. We're either getting our fill from God or the devil. One or the other. There's no intermediary. If we're children of God, then we're get, you know we may be disobeying and. Not listening more to the devil stuff, to worldly stuff, than to God. I mean, that's partiality. But in partiality in a church today, I mean, I've seen very wealthy, expensive churches that are surrounded by poverty. And they walk, I mean, they'll drive right over them, they'll walk right by these people, and not even think if they're in wealthy neighborhoods because they don't want to see the decaying part of the city. If God chooses to lead somebody that way, because they, you know, because they heard the word of God is being preached, and they get cast aside, that's the same thing as with that poor man. I mean, for those of you that seen the movie The Second Chance, 
good inner city movie, good inner city and suburban church movie. I mean, I witnessed that live, um, I think back in 05, I believe, 05, 06, when the division of church. But that was, God worked that out for good out there. I begin to see more of it now. Uh, to give, give another living example, testimony of a brother in Christ who is a brother and I love dearly will never stop loving will never stop praying for him as the spirit gives utterance I have way too many we get way too many prayer requests we can't remember them all so it's like prayfully the spirit will take over and praise for, for all because only he can do it we can't do it we don't. We can make a list and we still can't do it we're still going to miss them that's why we better be praying until we pray into the spirit but anyways I mean, he used to fellowship, hang out all the time with when our brother Willie was around out there, uh, and still amongst us. Didn't think of nothing fellowshipping out there, fellowship with us. Well, when Willie's work was finished and was called home by the Lord, praise God. Uh, I mean, I was cast. I was cast aside. And his brother just went and started clinging towards those with more money, those with more connections, those with more material things, um, for whatever reason. That hurt me. I mean, here it is. I lost a brother in Christ that was a true example. And I've yet to find another brother like this that truly is hearing the Holy Spirit. I mean, to give a test, God's testimony to Willie. And I, when, to have two brothers in Christ, or a few sisters, it could be, you know, two sisters, so linked in Christ Jesus, listening attentively to Him more than one another, which is what we should be, that when, and then actually, Living out the scripture, verse 26, 12, 26, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice in it. When either one of us, Willie and I, went through a stumbling season or a low season or had just had a bad day uh, in the flesh or in the world, us prideful men... Always trying put on a facade saying, no, I'm fine. Either one of us were filled with us. I'll give an example, a testimony of the Lord. In my circumstance, one time, one particular day, I really stumbled before the Lord. I, re- I really, I denied the Lord. I rejected him. I refused to listen to him, to his warning. And it, oh man, it, it, it got ugly. I will not describe the situation because I really do not trust. I trust God, but I've had others that use some of the stuff that the Lord told me to impress that fan used against me and throw it back. And that's the devil that does that. I mean, I've done that ignorantly, mistakenly, and done against me. And don't hold, don't harbor no unforgiveness. But one particular time, I don't want to share it. Willie. By the power of the Holy Spirit only, not in his own flesh. Not because of a, you know, just, we didn't even know each other that long, we just knew each other in the Lord. But we were growing, we were focused on the Lord. He was persistent. He kept calling me, 
But they say, stop the message. No, you, were you gonna talk? I don't wanna talk yet. I'll talk tomorrow. He kept, I ended up talking by about a, two, three hours later. Cause when God wants you to share somebody, when God raises somebody up in front of you, they're not gonna give up. Until you sit with them. Until you talk with them. It wasn't possible where we go right close. We always think we only fellowship with those that are close. We fellowship with believers across the country. In the spirit. Paul tests that in several of his lives. I just read one, but I can't recall at this moment what it is. Uh, just relate to that. As I may not be physically with you. Maybe the Corinthians also. But I'm there with you spiritually. Praise God for the scripture. I've yet to see another brother that's truly listening to the Lord. I mean, I've attempted to reach out. I've heard the Lord call a particular person or send a particular person a text to curse them in the Lord. And they don't want to hear it. I mean, because they don't like the recipient. For some reason, they develop a hatred to recipient. You know, if that's another sin, that's basically a sin of partiality. You know, a lot of times, you know, Jonah, like Pastor brought up in his Pastor Livingston brought up in his message from the Lord. He still don't understand Jonah. I mean, you know, God chose somebody that hated these particular people to go and preach the gospel to him. And I recall who God pretty much granted me much favor in the inner city and who he told me to go proclaim the gospel. For those of you that knew my upbringing, you know what happened to me in elementary school, you would think, oh, God's got a sense of humor. But God knows what he's doing. I mean, I love him dearly. I don't see him any other way, but uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, younger brothers and sisters in Christ, and those that are basically without a shepherd. Nobody, you know, they haven't yet learned to listen to God holy. God's drawing them and they know it. And God, you know, will continue to draw them, get a hold of them, and they know I love them as a father in the faith would care for them, I fed them, I enjoy taking them to places as the Lord always provided. And just letting Jesus show himself through me. I pray, and I, to this day, I still pray for them. Love every one of them. I've seen these stumblings, or or heard the stumblings that they've made, especially a whole family, which I will break a trust. And pretty much all stumbled. I mean, I don't dislove them. I'm still here for them. If they so choose, if God so puts it upon their heart to send me a message or call me, I mean, I will not shut it off. I will listen. And I will not judge them. I mean, we all make mistakes. I could stumble, they could stumble. I mean, partiality is, I mean, we can't, if we don't like a person's color, if we don't like a person's age, if we think somebody's too old or somebody's too young, or we think somebody was born in the wrong region or somebody goes to a different denomination, I mean, like Pastor brought up and like God brought up here, that's all. Man stuff, that's flesh stuff. You got teachings that go on from generation to generation. The sin of partiality will carry on multiple generations. It's just like God is trying, God is calling the young people to say, forget the sin of partiality that your parents and grandparents have committed all their lives. You follow me. That's it. Period. 
You are not following them. You follow me, God is saying to them. Young person, if you are taking the time to listen to this message, God has a call on your life to follow him and him alone. Whatever your grandmother or grandfather or your mother or father thinks about a particular path, what God shows you through his word and in your scriptures, do it. Do not do what they say. Do not do what they have done in the past. Now most of y'all have not been taught that. Praise God. This is in the partiality. What you have been taught is to go falsely taught is to chase after your dreams, your money, pursue God with everything you got. Trust me, He does not lead us astray. He, he leads us deeper in Himself. You won't like you won't always like some of the things he will tell you to get rid of or some of the people he may send you to. You may dislike him a little bit, but do it anyways and watch him bless you and watch him show you more and more of himself. We will all be in his image on that day. These fleshy bodies are only temporary. They'll become glorified bodies like the Lord's, but we will be like Him. Okay, that message was for the young person also. I think another message, I mean, why is sin partiality, why is everything talking towards us men here in First Corinthians 12 and uh, James chapter 2? Because God, Romans 6, 11, I believe, or, or Romans, I don't know why I got 6, Romans 2, 11, I mean, because God is not a God of partiality. And if we want to obey God, then we got to be like Him. Period. End of story. I'm going to close with one other scripture on the calling of God and how not to show partiality. Uh, another set of scriptures. Not to show partiality and be like God is First Corinthians chapter 1. 26 or 31. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen the things that are not so that he may nullify the things that are so that no man may boast in God, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, <clears throat> who became to us wisdom from God in righteousness, in sanctification and redemption. So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. I think in looking at this verse, uh, in regarding a little bit to partiality, Let me pause here. I believe what God just kind of prompted me a little bit and reminded me of. When not many wives have chosen, the Pharisees were always in the Sadducees, you know, the religious leaders and the government leaders were, you always have a hard time dealing with those that aren't on what they say their level. They're not on their level of authority, their level of power, their level of control. Um, 
like when they ch- when the religious leaders beat and chasing the uh, the apostles Peter and John at first, and then Paul later on, just for preaching Jesus because they didn't want them to preach Jesus because they were getting convicted every time we did it because it was them who crucified the Lord who God chose to crucify the Lord because they rejected him. Because uh, they had the law, they had the word, uh, so they knew that according to the word, he was the Christ of God. Uh, I think that's why God chose that. God chooses us. God will choose someone like Jonah to preach one to because they won't be expecting a word of God to be proclaimed by somebody that. Who has said openly that they hate him. Think that's why God used, possibly God used Paul after he uh, changed his name from Saul and after he saved him on Damascus Road to go to the Gentiles because they got blew in their mind by how radically God transformed him into his image and how by each day in the Lord Paul was decreased more and more so that God would be increased uh, because we're Jesus' ways God's ways is always opposite the world always it never lines up you know I think it's easier for somebody at a lower level to be looking upwards at the leaders and seeing you're not walking according to God's way or you are walking according to God's way God didn't give you this business God didn't put you allow you to be in this position for your own personal reasons. Rather, you need to get back with God if it's a man of God. You know, God may send you correction. That person may be despised at first for God using such a lower position instead of a fellow leader, a fellow religious leader. I think that's why somebody that may have claims they sit under a certain church doctrine, but as in hearing the word of God, but it never taken root can be so despised at someone such as myself that God can use so mightily. I think that that's why somebody said, wait a minute, I don't know what it should be called. I was first in. It doesn't matter who's first in or first out. I says, we need to be focused on our calling. I think that's why God corrected Peter when he asked about John and Jesus told him, in John chapter 21, it says, don't worry about him. I want him to remain until I come. That's, what's that of you? You got a call on God. You walk on God. He, you know, John and Peter got along after that out there once the Spirit fell and came in Acts 1-8. Uh, well, actually Acts chapter 2 actually when he fell. 1-8 is when it was announcing it. Forgive me. Sorry about that. Uh, so again, Let's ask God to search us all, myself included, and see what partiality that we are still harboring, that we have still committed, and let us, right at the hearing of this message, repent of it. If we have to go to somebody and ask their forgiveness, that person is probably, if they're a believer, more likely has already forgiven us. But, you know, we may still have to go to somebody and say, I'm sorry, you know, how can I help, or what do you need, uh, or... Or whatever, whatever the Lord prompts us. So let's do that today. You know, let's repent of it and be more like Jesus. 
Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this message. We thank you that you are, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your salvation for none of us, me included, and me above all, everybody else, am not worthy of your salvation. We thank you that you don't give based on our worth. You gave based on your love and on your grace and your mercy. Lord, forgive us for our partialities in America. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me for those times when I have shown partiality and I haven't sought you completely, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Father God, I ask that I stand on, I think it's First John, in chapter 1 out there, where it says, God is faithful enough that when we confess our sins, He will forgive us our sins. Lord, we're standing on that verse today. We're standing on your forgiveness, Father God. I lift up these that will, that you will lead and you will give ears to hear this message, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you will forgive them, Father God. I pray that you will bless them. I pray that you will open their ears, spiritual ears and their spiritual eyes to see you. I pray that for those that are dull in here, I pray for those religious leaders. I pray for those that may be doing works in the, uh, in the church with a motivation or a hidden motivation or secret motivation and things that to look good in your eyes, Father God. I pray, Father God, for them. I pray that you will open their eyes. I pray that you will show the partialities, Father God. I pray that you will send forth this message of yours, that you will bring it all together, Father God, and make it clear to the hearer, Father God, for I am not an elegant speaker, Father God. I always have a hard time with this, Father God. I mean, you knew that, Father God, when you called me. You knew that when you are giving me a pastor's heart and a separate heart. Father God, I pray for the young people that you will to listen to this message you will lead to it Father God I pray that they will know of your great love even more Father God I pray that they will begin to seek your face Father God with ever more strength and ever more passion Father God I pray that they will whatever whatever they need if it's a car Father God if it's a relationship Father God if it's a uh, if it's a job Father God I pray that they will seek you for where does you have to go Father God I pray Father God that for those that you are calling to step out of the family's house, Father God, to Ray, uh, to go step out, Father God, and says, go forward in you, Father God. Um, for as you said, we all have a time we have to come out from under our mothers and fathers, Father God, and cling to the body of Christ, Father God, and cling to you, first and foremost, Father God. I pray that you will become our first love again, that you will be strong in our first love. I pray that your voice becomes so clear, Father God, that we recognize the counterfeit voices, Father God, for the enemies and his workers' voices, Father God. I pray, Father God, for the lost, Father God. I pray that you will save somebody through this message, Father God, for your namesake, Father God, all of your namesake. I pray for strength. I pray that um, we truly all be your witnesses, Father God, in Jesus' name. And I love these brothers and sisters, the hearing this message of every age, Father God, for the young people, for the passions you give me for them, Father God. I pray continued favor with them, Father God, continue love, Father God. Just remember the love that you have given me for them, Father God. Oh, Lord, I pray for those that have a strong desire, Father God, to not, you know, Strong to still have a strong desire in in us, Father God, that actually wanna have that help with us, Father God. I pray, Father God, that there not be a partiality in that one. We not choose the one that we want, Father God. That you will lead, lead who, who lead the two together, Father God. Because unless you're bringing two together like you did Adam and Eve and like you did Isaac. 
and we're back at Father God, then it's it's all in vain, Father God. But I pray that we it does not hinder us, Father God, for to fulfill the callings which we have by you and in you. Christ Jesus, for your work that you did on the cross and in the resurrection in the tomb, Father God, in the ascension, it's your work that we stand in, your work that we are already crucified in you, in Jesus' name. Love you Good morning on this 19th day of uh, September 2011. Raining here in Kentucky. Praise God. God works the rain for good. And that he makes sure all the earth, the water, the plants, the trees, the vegetation that we rely on for our food and vegetables meet our needs, praise Him for it, praise you Yeshua HaMashiach, praise you the God of all creation, praise you living God, hallelujah, I'm coming to you with an additional, um, with some additional, <coughs> hang on a minute, let me get my thoughts together, pray, it's early, boy I'm my second cup of coffee, Praise the Lord. Coming to you with a couple of additional um, sin of partialities that lately in this economy, this shaking economy that uh, the Lord is allowing for this season to ensure, I believe, what I believe He's ensuring that we do not become attached to this world again, or I should say, we should, the Bible should say reattached. Um, the Bible should say, the Bible says it's clear. Because remember, God tells us we are not to, we are no longer of this world. We're just in the world, you know, being His uh, vessels of lights. Praise the Lord. But we are no longer attached to it. He detached to it. When we were crucified with Him, were baptized into His death, um, were become partakers in his resurrection and his ascension and as it says in Ephesians chapter 2 we are now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus we need to start resting in that place that is the rest I mean if Christ is seated that means the work is finished so we should be seated also the only time is when he tells us to go yeah, I'm looking for somebody like in Isaiah 6. So, it says, Who should we send to tell these people, I'm coming again? It should be one of us that should be, who are seated in the heavenly places, that should be saying, Here I am. I'm in this region. I'm available. You've detached me. Send me. Like Isaiah. We should be that attentive to the ears. I'm not there yet. I'm on my way there. I'm heading there. I'm looking forward. I don't want to look back. Praise the Lord. But the additional sin of partialities, and I don't know how I forgot this one because I'm being exposed to it myself. May have been exposed to it in the past. I'm not sure. You, know, If it is, it's under the blood and it's gone. And but only the enemy will attempt to bring it up again. A little slug. Um... And that is, we only, you know, we set up this false teaching within certain you know, portions of the body to make people think, oh, God only helps those that help themselves. 
that is false. I mean, we have those that are in need regardless the body first, those brothers and sisters within the body they're going through, and then those outside the body. That's the reason God blesses us. I remember God had providentially used me in that area to provide a need. Most of it, as you know, was sacrificial needs to me, but I've always been trained up by God in His Word to always care more about others than myself. There's been very strong selfish areas in my life which not proud of, not boasting in. Thank the Lord it's under the blood now and it's there and it's gone. Praise God. You know, we all have moments, all of us have moments in our past that's good, you know, when we know we committed that sin. But if we are truly in Christ Jesus, we are not supposed to be walking in that area anymore. But that's just one area. Another area where you notice those with money will only help out. I mean, I've been noticing very much here when the owner of this park says he's a believer, inviting him to church, uh, which, talk about falling asleep, dead, dried up church. Wow, the pastor looks like he weighed more than the whole congregation itself. And it's just like, he seemed like a nice guy when you talk to him. Message was like dull. And drawing, I mean, it's just like, okay, he forgot the Holy Spirit. Where was he? We know he was somewhere in there. It was just like he must have been sitting in the back of the room out there because that's where they placed him. Uh-uh, he needs to be in that pulpit. That's the only place. I mean, figure, this should not be man ever in the pulpit. It should always be the Holy Spirit's true man, the man of God. That's another sermon possibly for another time message. But one thing I noticed quite a bit is this brother in Christ... Which I've seen no fruits according to Galatians chapter 5. Which those are what, that's all we're supposed to be looking for. You know, there may be moments when we're not strongly showing those fruits. We may be going through a uh, pruning season when we're not going to show that stuff. So they may not be strong at every single moment. Matter of fact, none of us in this current state because we are still clothed with this um, body of unrighteousness as this corruptible body right now until the Lord which is going to happen real soon comes and calls us all up and then in the twinkling of an eye this corruptible body will fall off and be changed in a moment into an incorruptible body. I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking for that moment every single day. I want it to come today so I don't have to go to work, but you know, I'd rather be home. You know, we should be at the point where Paul was that he would rather go home and be with the Lord than remain down here. But we should be torn in that there's still others that need to be discipled and need to be saved. Uh, and if nobody's willing to go, you know, we should be that torn. We should be at that place where we're torn. We want to go home. We're not there yet in America anymore. We've let, you know, we've become comfortable down here. That's why I believe God is doing a shaking as in Hebrew, talks about in Hebrews chapter 12, I believe. I just put it out there a couple times. Where he's doing a major shaking and that all that should be remaining should be Him. Which is not. He's doing a shaking, but there's not a lot there anymore. It's just, they're empty. They're drained. It says, okay, where was Christ? Hello? He should be in there. 
That's probably another partiality too. I'm not sure. But that's the sin of partiality. When you only, if you have, if God blessed you with the provisions and when he had one time blessed me with the provisions, it should never be for ourselves. It should be for those that need. Those that already have do not need the assistance. I'm not saying to ignore helping them and when they have a moment of need where they help them, you may provide them a mechanic if it's a mechanical issue or, you know, provide them with a uh, spiritual guidance, which should be us, by the way. We should be the ones that go there with the, because we're the ones that are carrying the Word of God in us. The Word of God is Christ in us, but that's, I mean, another message for itself. But that's a sin of partiality, where the rich only helps the rich to make sure they maintain their things, their material things. Make sure it may be that God wants to strip that person of those material things and bring Christ. So again, that's just an addendum. You, know, I will slip this message into you know, somewhere near the end of it. Love y'all.